You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, to Theater Geeks Anonymous. At this time, we ask that you turn off all cell phones. Unless, of course, you're using them to listen to this podcast. In which case, please keep it on. And please refrain from any flash photography, as it is dangerous to the performers of this podcast. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't you see? It's so simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five. End this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway successes are in Times Square. Oh, oh, oh ye of little faith. <laughs> Welcome! Hi, theater geeks. Ebony, it is our very first debut <laughs> recording of Theater Geeks Anonymous. Woo, woo. I'm so excited. Or maybe I'm supposed to say, huzzah. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Bravo! <laughs> Something like that. Bravo. Bravo. Brava. Brava. Bravissima. <laughs> me. Bravi. Bravi. Bravissimi. That's what it is. It's been a while since I've been in that show. <laughs> and I haven't listened to the... Do you know how... I mean, you might not because you've not... You're not... Like, you haven't done theater in a long, long time, but... When I leave a show, yeah. especially one that it's been a long-running show... Yeah. I can't listen to it. For a good long Does time. Does it make you sad? Well, sometimes it makes me sad. Sometimes I'm just like, I'm I'm so over this. Like, and Phantom was one of those shows where I did it for four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I did not want to listen to that show <laughs> ever again yeah. when I first left because I was just, like, too much. And now it is more of, like, a nostalgia factor. So, like, every time it comes on, I'm like, oh. The last show I worked on was uh, Joseph. Okay. Love that show. It was 2011. Yeah. And no, I haven't listened to that since. But let's be fair, I didn't really listen to it that much before. Okay. So that if I'm sense. being fair, the the only thing I can that's taken me like oh my goodness, years and years was I interned for Disney theatrical productions when mm-hmm. I was in college and I did The Lion King. Uh so it was at the New Amsterdam Theater. Love that show, but listening to it, ooh, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> my dog puddle is all up in your business yeah he he just he put like he's laying on my lap but the way he placed his paw it was like in my stomach and yep. so i couldn't breathe for a second so yeah. sorry guys he likes to do that <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so I literally just listened to, um, I guess it was Circle of Life a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And I, and, uh, I just, I got sad again. I was oh, like, oh, yeah. back when Ebony had hopes and dreams, she thought <laughs> what happened. We all I, had hopes and dreams at one point. Yeah. We're, we're towards the end of Merrily We Roll Along, guys. That's what we're towards the end of. We are jaded. <laughs> we're just, no, it would be the beginning of, of Merrily We Roll Along because it right. goes backwards, right? That's right. It goes backwards. So, <laughs> so we're, we're at the beginning. beginning. Yeah. We're at the beginning, but with, Merrily. With less, oh, maybe not we as should. Much drugs and sex, though. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should explain what people have. <laughs> oh yeah they're like this is the first what episode is so nobody knows what we're talking about right, right. now so theater geeks anonymous is a show where, where we talk we, yeah. about we talk about broadway flops uh scandals and new works and uh we just want to talk about who fails who sues and we want to tell their stories real well we're going to tell those stories with a lot of heart and a lot of feelings <laughs> and, and <laughs> some information that we find on the internet yeah, or in books. <laughs> or in books. We have a bunch of books. Or from people that we know on Broadway. Yeah, that were actually in the show. We have friends on Broadway. <laughs> we have friends mostly on Broadway. Pamela. <laughs> mostly Pamela. Mostly. Mostly, but mostly. But I'm sure you know some people on I Broadway. Do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. But you know them, like, from, like, really good shows that weren't flopped. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's not entirely true. It's not entirely true. But that also does not mean that those people... Friends are not incredibly talented people. Right. Okay, so that's sweet pea. Full disclosure. Yeah, I mean, we are you, recording in my apartment and I have two dogs. two dogs. One of them is a little terrier and she likes to bark at any noise that she hears. So you may hear her a lot over the course of this podcast. Puddle's the one who accidentally punched me in the stomach and he's pretty quiet. <laughs> he's very quiet. Unless <laughs> sweet pea gets him riled up and that'll yeah. be that'll be a, an interesting. We'll just have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We're very excited to have you. I'm very excited for this inaugural uh, post. We and call it the Tony Sode. It's the Tony Sode. This episode, uh, what we're going to basically talk about are shows that were overshadowed by a big hit during their season mm-hmm. so that um, they didn't get as many accolades. They didn't get as much notice. Right. They didn't even get as many. But um, not necessarily because it was a bad no. show or and that there were even fact, any issues. In fact, I will say actually all of these shows are actually good. Yeah. Like, it's really true. Good. It's so <laughs> true. Well, and they've all had really great success even though they right. were overshadowed for the Tony Awards. Right. And I will also want to explain to our audience too that this is kind of a departure from what our normal format for the show is going to be. Um, what we are going to be probably, well, basically what we're going to be doing each week is we're going to take you know, one show that was either a flop, a scandal, or a new work that that needed to be talked about and has a really cool story behind it. Uh, and we're going to do that in one episode and tell you what the behind the, behind the curtain story is. Um, this episode, because it is our inaugural episode, I love that you use the word inaugural, so now <laughs> I'm going to use it. Uh, because it is our launch episode, uh, we wanted to do it a little bit differently just to kind of introduce who we are. So we're just kind of going to be chatting yeah about these tony shows and i think i think it does give you some insight into what we're doing because again like we are talking about some shows that didn't make yeah 
uh, as much of a splash. Absolutely. Some of them actually closed pretty quickly yeah. as soon as they were open. So I think some of these two we may bring back. Yeah, we in an, in an episode are. of its own. Yeah, there there are some of these that we are going to talk about more in depth. So Definitely. We're just doing a light, uh, like sort of brush over <laughs> of, of a them. gloss, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um. I mean, actually, what we could talk about this season, we could talk about this season a little bit first. Okay. So, the heavy favorite this season, going into, the heavy favorites were um, Dear Evan Hansen. Mm -hmm. That was, like, the top heavy favorite. And then, of course, The Great Comet of 1812. Totally. Uh, But then, sort of a sleeper hit that sort of snuck in there was Come From Away. Yeah. Um, and so, because nobody really knew, like the title does not yeah. really give you any idea what no, the show is at doesn't. all. But neither did Dear Evan Hansen. That's I true. will say, people would ask me; they would be like, "Okay, Ebony." So, because I'm the one who said everyone go see Hamilton, and everyone looked at me like I had three heads when I tried <laughs> to explain what Hamilton was. Uh, and so then, when it became a huge hit, then people were like, "Well, what's going to be the next hit?" And I said, "It's Dear Evan Hansen," and they'd be like, "What is it about?" And I would try to explain <laughs> the best way I possibly could, but there was no clear, yeah, you know that it it just there it's, was well, it's about life, right? And it, I mean, I've seen <laughs> it since, so I could give terms. it. I, I've seen it since yeah. then, so I can actually like give a clear yeah. synopsis now but then it was just sort of word of mouth i was sure hearing. so uh so you do you want to talk about come from away do you know the synopsis i don't i oh. mean i only know what okay. i've read so the synopsis i haven't gotten to see come from away yet i really want to but come from away is basically the story of uh there were a bunch of planes that were diverted during 9-11 to this little uh town in canada and it actually used to be a pretty big hub. Like, their their airport used to be a pretty big hub. Um, but then, eventually, it was, like, hardly ever used. So, by 2011, it was, like, never used. Mm-hmm. So, when they needed to divert all the planes to a bunch of planes to uh, a place that was not New York City, because these planes were going into New York City, they diverted them to this airport, because this airport, again, it used to be able to house a lot so of air big enough yeah yeah so um the problem is it's a very tiny town uh i don't have the numbers of like the population <laughs> but it, it it's, it's small yeah it's, it's small because <laughs> i've said tiny like five times <laughs> um and they there weren't enough uh hotels for the people who were on all of these planes to stay in. So what actually happened is the townspeople took in all of these people into their homes, fed them, and let them stay with them for as long as they they needed. And what's come out of that are lifelong friendships. They had a reunion about seven years ago or something like that. That's so sweet. Yep. Uh, I think it was either six or seven years ago, because I think it was like the 10th anniversary. Okay. So it was probably actually 2011. Oh, they had wow. an anniversary. And then the people who eventually wrote Come From Away went. And they didn't know what they were going to create. They didn't know what they were going to make. They mm-hmm. just heard about this reunion and were like, we need to go. Yeah. So they went and they did a bunch of interviews with um, people who had been on the planes, people who lived in the, in the town during the time. So let's come from away. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I do want to see that. Yeah. You know, time and money are fleeting resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So that's where I am. (laughs) To see Dear Evan Hansen, I got in line at four o'clock in the morning to get the standing room tickets. Ebony's hardcore when it comes to going to see musical theater. That will not be the last story you hear where she gets up at four in the morning to go stand in line for some tickets. Hello, Dolly is my next one. Oh, I want to see that so badly. (laughs) So badly. I was, let's see, a freshman in high school when they did Hello, Dolly as Mm -hmm. our school musical and I tried out thinking I wasn't going to get anything because I was just a freshman and I ended up getting cast as Minnie Faye and I adore that musical. (laughs) I just adore it. It's And it's so funny because you were listening. I went over to Ebony's house yesterday Mm -hmm. and she was listening to all of the Tony nominated music. And so of (laughs) course, you know, what was the song that came up? When you're dancing. While you're dancing. And yeah. it just brought up so many memories. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a great show. We did it my senior year. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get to, were you in it? I was. <laughs> I was the judge. That. <laughs> Which, I love hearing stories like that, though. You have no idea. Well, the the best part, though, was um, I had a friend in high school. His father was a cop. And so whenever it would be my time to get on stage, his father would do the chant from laughing. Here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. Every time it was my time to go on stage. That's amazing. Yeah. I love his da- it. His dad was a nice man. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> That's fun. Mm-hmm. It was a good show. <laughs> I want to see Sunset Boulevard. I, I saw that. But that, me seeing that's like how all this got started, <laughs> this whole, this whole podcast, because you were like, as we, so we hung out on President's Day. Mm-hmm. As you do. As you do. <laughs> and Pamela, just, we were just shooting the bullet talking about like whatever we had done that weekend. And I was like, oh, I had seen Sunset Boulevard and. You know, gave her my thoughts on it and talked about how my sister and I used to Mystery Science Theater 3000 Sunset Boulevard Mm -hmm. and the whole I'm ready for my close up Mr. DeMille and like bug our eyes out and stuff and like try to freak each other out. (laughs) I mean, it's just hysterical. And so that led to then Rebecca, then I was talking about Rebecca, my sister and I used to Mystery Science Theater 3000 and then. And then Pamela I talked about the, the show. Story about the show. There's so much drama. It's yeah. one of our episodes. It is. It's one of the episodes you can listen to in our... It'll be very exciting. I'm really excited about the Tony Awards this Sunday. Oh, me too. Yeah. We're going to see some kick butt performances. performances. And that's really the only reason I watch it. Yeah. Although I do have to be honest that last year, yeah. it went so long that I had to go to bed before they, no- before they announced the best well, musical. It was, was normal. Well, I mean... Who didn't know what Best Musical was going to be? Well, I mean, yes, that's true. <laughs> but still, like, I just had to go to bed. I thought it was, it was like, normal. It ended no, up at it was 11. Like, oh, is that normal? Yeah. I'm just an old lady now. Oh, Pamela. I have a job in the morning. I have to get up early, which I means I have too, to go to bed but early. You have to get up. I think you have to go to work earlier than I me. Do. Well, probably. Yeah. And I've got the dogs. <laughs> I have to walk and feed them because they're so needy. <laughs> But it's also like, I don't know, my, I feel like, cause I'm a nanny, mm-hmm. so I'm in charge of like a tiny little kid yeah. who is very, very active. So I have to be on my A game all day long. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so maybe that's why I do it. Yeah. I go to bed early. I mean, like, I start getting ready for bed at, like, 9. Yeah, that's... I'm such an old lady. When did that happen? Because I used to do theater and stay up. You know, like, the show would get out at 11. Right. So then I would get home and I'd have to stay up until at least 1 in the morning before right. I was able to, like, finally fall asleep. Yeah. What happened to me, Ebony? <laughs> so that, that's kids... Hey, you know what we should do? Because what? this is our first episode. Talk about... Talk about ourselves. Oh. A little bit. Just oh, to gosh. let people know who we are. I'm not that interesting anymore. Uh, well, not anymore, but like, what were you? Oh, okay. First things first, then, like, why we decided that we wanted to do a theater podcast. Well, because I've been obsessed with theater since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watching movies on Turner Classic movies mine was amc but yep yeah well it was both so like remember back when amc was actually the classics (laughs) when it actually played old movies yes that's when we watched it when we were kids and it was actually a classic station and then amc no longer became a classic station even though it's still called american movie classic which makes no sense because it's not that anymore just like mtv is not a music television station (laughs) is there an, an mtv still yeah. Oh, it's all like um, uh, it's reality, reality TV, TV. shows. It's got nothing to do with music anymore, except for like the music between commercial, like <laughs> to get you from scene to scene. Like yeah. that's the most music. Anyway, so it was AMC and TCM, and on TCM you had the late great Robert Osborne, <laughs> and he would uh, give historical documentation and information about each movie. And I would sit on the floor while my late mother was grading papers, and I would scan the TV Guide channel for her, and she would have me call out what was on the television. <laughs> and I would say what was, and she'd usually pick some sort of musical type thing. So Ugh, it love would be the musicals. like, uh, Lady Sings the Blues. Okay. With, um, with uh, Diana Ross, or it would be... Uh, West Side Story, or it Love would it. be Singing in the Rain, yes, or it would be The King and I, <laughs> like all things Yul Brenner mm. were allowed in our house. Well, he's amazing. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, I was I was all on my own as far as musicals and movie musicals <laughs> and those old movies were concerned. Nobody wanted to watch them with me. Aww. But that was okay. Like, I was totally fine with that. Like, it was my own thing. I don't know. It made me special somehow that, like, out of all of the six people in my family, including myself, I was the only one that really loved listening to musical theater and, like, watching old movies. I remember one Christmas I got a VHS. That's right, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, a VHS of... The Court Jester, starring Danny Kaye. Holy jeez. Uh, Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one other one that I cannot remember right now. It was just a, an old movie. It wasn't a musical. Okay. But I, I mean, it was like, it was like I won the lottery. It was the most amazing Christmas. And I think I completely destroyed those VHS tapes. Like, I watched them over and over and over again. I loved them. <laughs> and what I used to do, <laughs> I love Moses Supposes is my favorite oh. song. Don't even get me started on some Moses so that I could learn the dance moves and dance along with Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly. Oh, I have a story about Donald O'Connor and Danny Kaye, actually. Mary. Gene Kelly. Well, it's funny if you mentioned that. he wasn't dead and seventy know, right? years my senior. <laughs> so I was driving in the car with my mom. I must have been like twelve, mm-hmm. and I said, "Mom, I think that when I grow up, I'm going to marry Danny Kay." And she <laughs> goes, "Uh, you know, Pamela, I think he might be dead." 
And if he's not, he's got to be in his 80s. And I went, oh, okay. And I got really quiet for a second. And then I said, you know what? That's okay. I'll marry Donald O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> One of my friends has a, a great Mickey Rooney story that yeah. she told me. She So when she was a kid... Jama, if you're listening, I'm outing you. <laughs> when she, I think she said she was about seven years old and she grew up in California. Her dad and herself and her sister were all at a restaurant and um, her father saw Mickey Rooney come into the restaurant <gasps> and she, and he tapped Jama on the shoulder and was like, Jama, look over there. Do you see that old man? Oh, my God. And she watched all his movies. Mm-hmm. Like, she loved him. She was, like, seven years old or something. <laughs> and um, so she said, <laughs> so she, so her father said, do you want to go meet him? And she was like, no, daddy, I don't, I'm not dressed well enough. I'm not, like, I mean, I can't oh. handle. She's still the most precious person in the world <laughs> now. But, like, I was, like, I can't imagine, like, little Jama with all her colors <laughs> and, like, not feeling like she was dressed well enough to meet him. That's so really sweet. her father goes over and he's, like, uh, he's, like, sir, you know, would you mind, like, meeting my daughter or whatever? And so... She said at first she could see Mickey's face was like, oh, these people are bothering me. But then when he saw this little tiny girl with like this really long hair and she's just standing there like so timid and just like wants him to sign. And he (laughs) she said immediately his face melted and he like shook her hand and talked to her for a minute and signed whatever it was. And then she said for like two weeks she didn't want to wash the hands. (laughs) So she'd take a shower and she'd have her hand like sticking out of the bathtub. Oh no! I mean, cutest thing that's I ever really heard. Sweet, isn't it? Oh, that's an incredible story. Isn't it great? I grew up in Central Illinois. There was no chance at all no. that any of these celebrities were going to cross my path at all. So I just had my dreams. Yeah. I know. I love the crap out of that story. Though. Totally. That's a great story. <laughs> So let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right. So we're going to talk about shows from um, 1975, 1976, 88, and last year. The present. The present. (laughs) (laughs) Not the actual play that was on Broadway that... Uh, oh, yeah, no. Kate Blanchett was just in. Like, and is current day. Yeah. Last year's Tony Awards. Right. That are still the reigning Tony Awards yeah. because we haven't had the current, the current Tony, Tony Awards. Awards yet. So, I mean, 1975, this actually, when I read about this, I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Mac and Mabel was, like, up for a bunch of Tony yeah, Awards. It was. But it was up against The Wiz. The Wiz, Yeah. I think it's fascinating, too, because you did some research on this. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was that, like, The Wiz was closing, Mm -hmm. but they had this enormous, like, television campaign that was like, bring back The Wiz. It was the first of its kind. So so before, you wouldn't... There are some other shows that had TV spots. Like, I think... Sweeney Todd had TV spots, but it wasn't. But it, it was, was like looked, a commercial versus like right. it was looked bring down back, upon. bring it back. Yeah, it was looked down upon, and so um, they were supposed to close like two weeks after they opened. They were supposed to close, and one of the um, pub- a publicist or a producer uh, put it in someone's head to um, make a series of whiz TV spots to 
gain awareness that this was even happening. Oh, like this, sure. this show was even on Broadway. Because the taxi toppers were not doing their job. No, that they weren't. And one of the things about The Wiz, too, is, you know, whoever the brilliant person was that saw the opportunity to get minorities to come to Completely. the theater. And was like, let's, let's give this show some time because... Yep. This is a show where people who are not used to being able to see themselves on stage are able to see themselves on stage. Totally. So putting it on television. In a story, though, yeah. that demographically will still reach right. the majority. Right. Because everybody knows The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Everyone knows it. So um, when you... So I found out, you know, through doing light research... Um, that for a lot of people who ended up coming to see The Wiz because they saw the TV spots, it was their first time at the theater. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I love that. It's oh, the me coolest too. thing ever. Yeah, so The Wiz. But it was up against Mac and Mabel. Right. And funny enough, yeah. Mac and Mabel closed and The Wiz went into the theater. That oh, Mac and Mabel, really? Is that serious? <laughs> Mac and Mabel closed. And the Wiz goes into the theater that Mac and Mabel does. Amazing. Yeah. That's like ha ha. <laughs> but Mac and Mabel is a great show too, all on its own. It's just a complete departure from the new kind of turn that theater was taking back in right. the seventies, which was like the more you know disco slash pop right. slash rock feel. Right. Uh, where they wanted they wanted to reach the masses. The mm-hmm. people that they had been catering to all of this time were great and all, but they wanted to open up the demographic. They wanted to reach across the aisle and be like, "Hey, come mm-hmm. on to the theater! If you've <laughs> never been before, it's great. Right. It's not it's not your mother's musical theater anymore." Right. Well, Luther Vandross wrote a lot of music for The Wiz. Really? Yeah, he wrote "Brand New Day." You know what? I think I knew that, yeah, and I probably had, did. I had filed it's it like, away somewhere in yeah. the back of my brain. I mean, when I read heard that months and months ago it was like oh, right, right. On, he's on down he's on down the road it's so good oh it's so good i love that my show. favorite scene in the movie <laughs> is nell carter singing don't you bring me no bad news it's like my absolute favorite and that was another one where i the used to play it back the crap out of me completely though. well her face was like creepy i know that yeah. mask that she wore I was like not. creepy but like that dance number yeah. i used to again rewind it back and try to teach it to myself I was not a dancer either, so it's not very successful, but it was so fun. I just got, so The Wiz, uh, was The Wiz Live on NBC happened recently, and so I bought the DVD for my niece because my niece at the time was three. Okay. And I was like, I, the, I was like the witch in the 70s version scared me too bad and I didn't want it It, to scare her. It was a little scary. Who played it in the NBC? It was Mary J. Blige. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, she did a great job. Cool. It's, the live is really good. So so she, my niece, ate it up. <laughs> ate it up. And so apparently did my brother. So that he was like, he downloaded the soundtrack <laughs> off of Spotify awesome. and was like listening to it. And then I told him one day uh, that Neo was in it. And he was like, oh, my God. He's like, that's my man, Neo. He was <laughs> Loves it. Loves it. Nice. Yes. The Wiz was great. Okay. Full disclosure. Yeah. I did not watch it. I have not watched any of the NBCs because. Do you watch the, (laughs) did you watch any of the other ones? No. So like I didn't watch Grease. I I didn't watch Sound of Music. Most of them are painful. Well, here's the thing. And this is my reasoning behind it. I have such 
amazing memories of the original productions Mm -hmm. for you know, in whatever way that I saw them, right. it could be that I saw them first in, you know, in community theater, mm-hmm. but like, I love them. And I have these great mus- memories of listening to those musicals mm-hmm. on CD in my bedroom when I was, you know, in junior high or high school. And so I don't want to introduce something that is going to disappoint me. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's awful. And I want to support it. And I love the idea that they're bringing right. this to the mainstream so that more and more people are able to watch musical theater right. and, and like learn to love it. But I can't. I understand. Do it's you? It's okay. Yeah. I have no judgment. Because <laughs> I've, I mean, I'll be honest. I've sat through some of them and I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah. But, but one of the things, well, A, for, I will say about the whiz the thing that that was the best one yeah at that point that nbc had done okay like quite honestly but also a lot of people didn't even know the whiz existed so there was like this weird tension with like people who were very ignorant who would get oh. angry and be like how come there's an all black cast if this was an all white cast black people would be all up in arms <laughs> and i'm like everyone's like are you smoking me right oh, now no. you have the wizard of oz yeah if you really, well, I'm sure that that's what they were thinking, though. Was like if this is supposed to be not, the Wizard of Oz. Pe- people, people, people didn't understand <laughs> that the Wiz had are always been yeah. in a oh black my. cast. Uh, I will say that I did see the Wiz in a high school production. I grew up in a small town, well, and there was no an even smaller people. town. Exactly, and yeah. so like there was not a single minority in this particular production of the Wiz. That's what I'm like. You y'all could just do the Wizard of Oz, I know, or just another show altogether. Yes. <laughs> it does not. You don't have to do that show. No, you don't have to do the Wiz <laughs> for all of you. You know, um, high school directors who decide you need to do the Wiz with no black kids, or you need to do Once on This Island. Oh right, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You have so many white people shows. <laughs> do one of those. <laughs> But seriously, I know, I know. It's I like know. a real thing. I get super oh. unhappy about. Hey, I'm with you. I am so with you. As, as much as I want to play the role of Sarah in Ragtime, I am not appropriate. No, not at all. <laughs> Although I did sing that song, "Your Daddy's Son," for an audition once at community theater, but it was community, was community theater, theater, so I could get away with that. I didn't do it professionally. <laughs> so oh my goodness. Oh gosh. So okay, so that was up against Mac and Mabel. Yep. And then, um, the thing is, Mac and Mabel went on to have, oh, yeah, inordinate success. Yeah. Like, they, it's still a show that's done regionally. It's yeah. got some great music in there. And I think, what did I read? One of the, oh, let me read it to you, because there was a review, um, written by Kenneth Bloom, where he said Mac and Mabel was the saddest failure of Jerry Herman's career. It was a victim of its time and era when rock musicals were preferred over traditional musical comedy scores. Deep at its core was a simple love story and an exceptionally appropriate score. The urge to turn what could have been a bittersweet drama into a huge musical comedy was fatal. But it's also said that Jerry Herman said that's one of his favorite shows that oh, he's yeah. ever written. Absolutely. Which I, and it's a great show. And hello, Bernadette Peters starred in it. Mm-hmm. So how can you not just absolutely love it? Baby Bernie. Unless. <laughs> baby Bernie. I love it. Yes. Baby Bernie. Little baby Peters. 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was my iPad making noise. So, oh, okay. But that actually leads us into the next year. So that was 1975. Mm-hmm. 1976 was the year of Chorus Line versus Chicago. Chicago. And the thing is, I think I read somewhere that Chorus Line was said to have changed Broadway. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what everyone says about A Chorus Line and um, Marvin Hamlish with that show because i mean broadway was dying at that point yeah like it was dying and so a chorus line revived it made the most money revitalized let's not say revived because it's it it wasn't really it wasn't dead so much as just stagnant well i because at that point new york city was also like near bankruptcy yeah it really was and also a really scary place to visit yeah it was not it was not friendly it was not the times square of today no disney land on 42nd street i will say though i have a friend who he he said gave he said the best quote one day when we were walking through times square he's like that moment when all of the prostitutes are uh switched out for off-brand elmos (laughs) they are creepy elmos too they really are so creepy i don't know if if anyone the batmans are creepy and they've got spider-man the thing is spongebob's are creepy they're not the actual characters no and there's i mean they don't even pretend to be so you go to times square and you've got like two or three minis and mickeys yeah a couple of SpongeBob's. There's mm-hmm. a Spider-Man or two, and then you've got the cowboy in his underwear, mm-hmm. naked cowboy. Oh, and naked cowgirl. Oh, there's a naked cowgirl now, especially in the summer. <laughs> okay, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why would anybody want to take pictures with those janky people in costumes? Plus the fact that you cannot see their faces. And to be perfectly honest, I don't trust anyone no. that I can't see their face no. in New York City. You're going to give me a wide berth. You see me walking fast. That means I don't want to talk to you. So don't try to take a picture with me and don't extort $5 for said picture. (laughs) But that's just my personal opinion. Well, it's so creepy. Oh, so creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, a course line opened at the Schubert theater on July 25th, 1975 and ran to be the longest running musical until it's, uh, and but until it was surpassed by Cats in 1997. All right. So, um... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Jellicle cats. I just saw the revival. Yeah? Three weeks ago. Cool. My sister was here. Yes. Yeah. Three weeks ago. I we grew up with the VHS, <laughs> and my sister and brother loved it. I liked Mr. <laughs> Mistopheles. I liked, yeah. I mean, I liked pretty much bits the and only, pieces. Yeah. I liked Je- uh, Jenny Annie Dots. That was my sister's the favorite. Tap dance. And then I ended up working for a Jenny Annie Dots. Yeah, like she was Jenny Annie Dots on Broadway. <laughs> and um. <laughs> So having my sister meet her, that was pretty, that was a cool moment. <laughs> That's really neat. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, my sister, it's her favorite show. So I was like, I love my sister. I'll. You'll go see it. That's that you're very kind and (laughs) sacrificial. You know, it's not my favorite. I will say that Mark Robin directed a version. So he's created a version of cats that has a storyline to it. So it makes a little bit more sense than the original. And I do like that version because you can see, Oh, I see what they're trying to do. So ultimately, I mean, his version, it's based on a book of poetry. So there's no story here. No, I saw, (laughs) this was one of my favorite parts. So I sat, we've totally gone off show. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Sorry guys. But I, when I was, when I went to see it about three weeks ago, and I ran to the bathroom during intermission. The, the theater was full of high school students. <laughs> and so uh, there were a bunch of high school students sitting uh, by a bench. Some were standing, some were sitting. And this one taller kid said, <laughs> I don't know who he was talking about, but he said, she says this, this is like her favorite show. Does anybody know what is happening? <laughs> And that is the problem. Yeah. Because it's based on poetry. But with Mark Robbins' interpretation, uh, he has basically made it so that uh, all of the featured cats are kind of competing to go to the heavyside lair, meaning that if they go to the heavyside lair, it means that they will be able to come back as a young cat and do their whole life over again. Okay. So, and that's ultimately why Grizabella wins because she had a real tough life. She's probably syphilitic. She's, nobody likes her. Nobody yeah. wants her near them. But she wins, goes to the heavyside lair, and now she's going to be able to come back and do her whole nine lives over again. Or I guess one of the next nine lives right. over again. Right. So but every time they go to the heavyside lair is when they do another life. Right. Right. Okay. Or like basically like any time. So like Mr. Mistopheles or Bustopher Jones, who I also love and I love that fat suit. It's so fun. <laughs> or um, Jenny Anydots, Jelly Lorem, those characters, when they come to the forefront, it's their audition. Mm. It's their, you know, their opportunity to ask the other cats to send them to the heavyside lair. So then at the oh. end, all of the cats vote and they send Grizabella up there. Okay. That was his interpretation, though. But it made sense to yeah, me. So, like, it was like, okay, I like line. that. I like yeah. a story. Stories are important. It, they are. They're I mean, that poor important. kid who was like, does anybody know what's happening? Poor kid. No. Well, I hope you're listening, little poor kid. <laughs> Tall guy standing on a bench talking about some girl that is <laughs> his favorite show. Yeah, he was just like, she says it's her favorite show. Does anybody know what's happening? Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Let's go back to Chicago because I yeah. read this little piece of information here that you wrote yeah. and it disturbed me. Uh-oh. Um, so <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> let me just read this whole thing that you wrote. The musical of Chicago uh, had mixed reviews uh, and Chorus Line ended up beating it out in ticket sales and at the Tony Awards. It, it was nominated for 11 Tony Awards, but lost all of them. Yeah. And the show, show was on the verge of closing when it ran into another setback when Gwen Verdon had to have surgery on nodules in her throat after inhaling a feather during the show's finale. Full disclosure, I had to Google that because I was like, no, 
you can't get nodules notes on like on your from breathing a feather in like i was so right i was like i've got feathers everywhere i've got dog hair everywhere does that mean that it was the scariest thought to me that any little thing but i'm assuming that that means like she inhaled it and then coughed 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 until she caused the nodules nodules to form but i was like a little nervous i'm not gonna lie (laughs) but she had surgery and then she was actually able to come back she was but i mean I know. Liza Minnelli stepped uh, in. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> While she was out. And that's what helped save the show, actually. Yes. That is such a cool story. Yeah. I like that yeah. story. But it's it's been back now. Uh, 1997 yeah. was a revival. And now it's one of the... It's among the longest yes. shows on Broadway now. it's still there. It's still there. And we've got... in in. Uh, in addition to all of the weird characters in Times Square, you've also got these Chicago ladies that yes. are dressed in black tuxedo jackets over red tights with bowler hats, and they accost you with with That's <laughs> tickets actually my to roommate, Chicago. My roommate used to do that. Yeah, yeah. She used to. Well, she's. We still I actually are know someone that did that. too. Yeah. It's so funny to me. And like they literally won't. They won't let you go. Like they're just. I. You know. I try not to make any eye contact, and that just does not work with the Chicago ladies. <laughs> they just try to get you to go, and maybe that's why they've been running so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to then. My favorite. I know. 1988. I'm going to let you do this one because... The year of Phantom of the Opera (laughs) versus Into the Woods. (laughs) And I'm sorry, like, this had to have been the most difficult decision that those Tony voters (laughs) made because they're just two really amazing shows. Well, Uh, it's weird, though, because Into the Woods, I I feel like neither, when I was doing the research, neither was received... Una- like unanimous. No, I mean it. Pre- it was split pretty evenly yeah. between the two of them. But it ended up best musical went to Phantom of the Opera, but Into the Woods was able to get best score, best book, and best actress. Um, and then I think what else did uh, Phantom of the Opera get? They had best musical, best actor, and best featured actress. So it really was pretty well split down the middle. Kate, can I just tell you that doing my research on this Phantom of the Opera, and I kind of knew this but didn't really know it they have had more than eleven thousand performances thus far <laughs> it's crazy. but they've only ever hired 15 phantoms for the broadway production oh. now that obviously doesn't include any of the touring or or right, out right. of so you broadway. know international but for broadway and they had their first black one and norm lewis what yeah. year was that 2014 it was just recently yeah just yeah. a few years ago mm-hmm. and the first uh asian american christine with ali ewalt is she there right now or no? She's just I don't there. think she's there anymore. Okay. But she was there. Wasn't she there at the same time that Norm Lewis was? Mm-hmm. She might have started then. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll have to We're just that. spewing all of this information. It could be completely wrong, but I'm going to say it with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that's the best way to, to handle things. Did you know that uh, Into the Woods is also the fourth, fourth most produced high school musical? Oh, isn't that, that makes amazing? Absolute sense. I love that oh, show. Oh, it's such a good show. I think, I mean, Into the Woods Jr. is better, but like the, the original production is not at all appropriate for children to be singing. It's very risque. It's such a good musical, though. Yeah, I think I mentioned this in one of the other podcasts that we've already recorded. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that Into the Woods was really what caused me to want to be on Broadway. 
I was in a production. I was 10 years old. I was in a production of Peter Pan. I played Toodles. <laughs> and my friend Sarah, who played Smee, uh, and I used to hang out together. And so we were over at her house one day, and we were learning the words to one in chorus line, <laughs> as you do. As you do. <laughs> at age 10. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember them. Um, and I looked over, and she had this 8 by 10 photograph that was framed. And I went, oh, my gosh, who is that? And she goes, oh, you want to know who that is? And she grabbed my hand and we ran downstairs and she put in a VHS tape of Into the Woods. Bernie? It, it was, was Bernadette Bernie. Peters. And like ever since then, I, Broadway, it was like, I knew I was going to be an actress, but that was the moment that I decided that Broadway was where I was going. <laughs> it was so cool. I just loved it so much. Awesome. <laughs> it was really neat. That's a great story. Thanks. <laughs> I'm full of them. Bernie. Bernie, man. She's great. Well, and she does this thing. It's Memorial Day, y'all. I'm hearing my neighbors yelling outside of my back <laughs> windows. I'm hoping that you don't hear them. But if you do, that's who it is. Um, she does Broadway Barks, mm-hmm. which is uh, a dog adoption type uh, set up that she do it with Mary Tyler with Moore, Mary Tyler Moore. She passed. I know, so sad. Yeah, uh, but yeah, she and Bernadette Peters would do this thing in Schubert Alley in the summertime. Well, they'll they'll just bring all of the adoptive uh, adoptive dogs and they'll bring them to Schubert Alley and they'll kind of you know introduce them to the crowd and hope <laughs> that they are able to find homes. But they they also would raise money for uh, all of the non kill shelters around the New York City mm-hmm. area. I just love that. Yeah. It's a fan, it's a fantastic thing. She it does. really is. It really is. Shall we go to the? I know you want to talk about this. Oh, last year. Let me just set the stage. <laughs> it's 2016. There's lots of great shows going on, but none better than Hamilton, Hamilton. and Shuffle Along. <laughs> Take so, it away. Oh my goodness. Uh, so, for those who actually know me who are listening to this <laughs> you will know that i'm obsessed with hamilton <laughs> obsessed. the term fanatic was coined for people like ebony oh no fanilton <laughs> we are called fanilton oh i meant just fanatic in the most general oh, sense yeah, i didn't realize they were called fanilton that's amazing <laughs> that's amazing uh so i had been following hamilton since Literally, i just been following Lynn since uh, In the Heights. Mm-hmm. So 2008, when they were recording the cast recording of In the Heights, and that video was on, I think, like Broadway World or Broadway.com. Yeah. And I'd watched it over and over and over and over and over and over until it was actually <laughs> released. I was <laughs> like, the music's so good. It's so, so then, good. So then uh, when he started talking about, like, this book he had read and he's writing this new musical, I was following on Twitter for (laughs) – I started following that journey in 2011, which was, like, a few – it was probably, I guess, a year and a half after he had done uh, one song uh, at the White House. Yeah. For the Poetry Jam Night. And – so from 2011 up until Hamilton came to the public theater, I had been following, 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 following. I went to the lottery six times <laughs> and won the lottery on Super Bowl night Yay! in 2000. 
15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a few months after my mom passed. Who wants to watch the Super Bowl? Well, my friend was like, she said, theater people don't watch football. And I was like, excuse me. (laughs) I'm a theater person who loves football. (laughs) So instead, I listened to my friend Jenny who said, it's Super Bowl night. You should go. So I went. And then the friend who was like, theater people don't watch football went with me and she also won the lottery (laughs) (laughs) nice so we got uh four tickets Mm -hmm. to hamilton and uh a javi was in it that night okay javier Muniz. he's great he is he was in it that night and i got to sit next to his high school theater teacher oh that's cool so that's so random but i love that yeah it's like so cute and then there was a show called Shuffle Along. So Shuffle Along was actually called Shuffle Along or the making of the musical (laughs) sensation of 1921 and all that followed. So Shuffle Along was a show, again, in 1921 that um, was produced by blacks, directed by blacks, and the entire cast was blacks. And, like, really amazing, talented really people. Really amazingly talented people. Audrey McDonald, well, Brian I'm Stokes Mitchell. I'm talking about the old one in 1921. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. sorry. I'm yes. The, the show in 1921. And so it was so brilliant that they would have a, uh, a 11 o'clock or a midnight show so that everyone from all the other shows could see their show. Because <laughs> oh, everyone that. was hearing so many good things yeah. about this show that they desperately wanted to see it. So they would do an extra show in the evening so that everyone else could come wow, see it. Wow, that's yeah. cool. The, the, one, of the, uh, one of the things that is really disheartening, though, about the Shuffle Along from 1921 and the Shuffle Along that took place last year is that... There's no recording of Shuffle Along from 1921, um, and there's no cast recording from Shuffle Along in 19, yeah. or 2016. Why didn't they do one? Well, because all of a sudden the show gets a closing notice that wasn't expected. Okay. So what? But what ha- still, there there have been other shows that have done I mean, them anyway. Even barely we roll along. Right. Like I, you know, was doing research on that, and the day after they closed, they did a cast recording. Yeah. And when you have people like Brian Stokes Mitchell yes. and Audra McDonald, Joshua Henry, uh, Brandon Victor Dixon, yes, like, completely. Why? Why? God's name. I know <laughs> all these wonderful, amazing, I talented mean, people. It's like they were like, let's take every brilliant amazing straight from god black actor that we have in theater and put them all together in one show it's a thing that will never happen again never well and can i also just point out that in the last year's tony award episode when they had the shuffle along performance you've got audra mcdonald who was like seven months pregnant doing these high bot mock kicks it was like the most amazing thing i've ever seen to her head and she had a baby in she there. kissed her shin she did ladies and gentlemen i mean so, <laughs> some, some people on twitter were like what does she have to do to please y'all look at her what she gotta do i have loved her ever since the carousel revival back Aww. in like 1994 <laughs> she's wonderful yeah, she is and then she's got like marie christine which was yeah. another that'll probably be in the next season's episode because that was not well received at all and it was written for her written for her she yeah. had auditioned for hello again which yeah. was written by michael gettle no uh yeah gettle no uh lacusa okay michael, michael john, john lacusa, LaCusa. 
Um, and he didn't cast her in Hello Again, but he loved her so much yeah. that he wrote her a vehicle called Marie Christine based on the story of Medea. It, and it's so good. I never got to see it, but listening to it is so, it's such a transformative, mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know the word. I know. What am I, I'm well, so, I hit a wall. I can't think of words now. It was so transformative. Yeah. It's just such a great musical, but but I digress. We were talking about Shovel Along. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing is like this cast was absolutely majestic. So good. Majestic. And then, and then you had Savion Glover doing the <laughs> choreography. You guys, I saw this show and I was with my friend Robbie and his husband Rudy and we're sitting next to each other and uh, act one, act one ends and there's this scene with no instruments and it's the part where they don't know, like, they have no money. They're, the entire cast is all in a train station. They have no money. They don't know how they're going to get to the next place they need to be in order to, like, do their show. And they do this song with suitcases and foot stomping, like an old Negro <laughs> spiritual. And they're gorgeous, gorgeous voices. And Robbie and I are just, like, holding each other's arms <laughs> afterwards and looking at each other going, what did we just see? What do I, oh my God, what, what did we just see? That's like, so we just cool. could not, we couldn't wrap our minds around what we had. Oh, I, oh, that's why we love theater. Cause yeah. it can make us feel that way. Yeah. Like you can, <laughs> you can sit in the audience and know that you're in an audience surrounded by hundreds of other people. And yet whatever is happening on stage is able to draw you away in such, in such a manner Mm -hmm. that you are just transfixed by it. It's so, um, I love those. I love those, those situations. And I mean, feelings, all the feels, (laughs) all the feels that show. So, so for it to, for it to have come and been such an incredible work and then have no cast recording, and then, I mean, B really it was overshadowed by Hamilton. Um, it's it's just a travesty. Mm. It really makes me so sad. As much as I just love Hamilton, and I I thought about it, you know, this morning I thought, well, what if Shuffle Along had tried to come, you know, this season? Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that you know, then maybe Brandon Victor Dixon wouldn't have been able to be Aaron right. Burr in Hamilton. And maybe Joshua Henry wouldn't have been able to be Aaron Burr in Hamilton. And maybe in Hamilton, Chicago, you know, and maybe he wouldn't be able to be in Carousel. So it's like, I realize things happen for a reason, but I... Uh, I know. <laughs> I just... I know. What, what I saw... <laughs> I want everyone to have everyone I know to have experienced that show and to have seen the work that was put into it and to have seen that cast together because yeah. it was honest to God, one of the most majestic things I've ever seen on a Broadway stage and the talent, the God given talent that was on that stage was just overwhelming. And you just felt like you got hit by a Mack truck because it was so incredible. And I'm really sad that there's no, there's just not like a solid record of it. One of the the songs at the end of the show was called um, "They Won't Remember You," and you had um, you had Brian Stokes Mitchell, 
And I believe it was Joshua Henry and Brandon Victor Dixon on stage. And then there was this white producer or no a white critic who was trying to like close them down and shut them down. And he basically told them, no one's going to remember you and just really beating them down verbally. Mm-hmm. And um, they're just it's like a singing battle of, you know, because the entire show was a, was was um, George's attempt to bring awareness about a the lack of parts for minorities, mm-hmm. the lack of um, inclusion in terms of knowledge about the contributions that minorities have given to theater. Because like I never heard of Shuffle Along until that this musical, right? And so that's a problem, right? And so. Um, but when you hear that song and then there's no record again and we've basically just repeated history, I was just so, I'm still so angry about it yeah. if you can't tell. I can tell. Because we just, we've repeated history. Yeah. The whole point is to look back at history and be like, let's never do that crap again. <laughs> but that's not what we did. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about it. Well, I mean, and the, honestly, that's why, again, why we love theater. Yeah. Theater is able to evoke all of these things in people. <laughs> this was our very first episode, and we only hope to get better and better. <laughs> um, we have a Facebook page. It's Theater Geeks Anonymous on Facebook. Uh, you can like, share, and follow us there and tell all of your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at TGA. B- Way <laughs> um, and then I at com. In case you want to get a hold of us by email, you can send us any stories you have, personal experiences with the shows that we might talk about, uh, corrections that we need to make because you know we're not perfect. Anything we omitted that we shouldn't have that we should have included, right? Please let us know. Yeah. What were you going to say? That's it. I said omissions. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, when I was oh, never mind. <laughs> I think you were starting to say something when I said the email address. No? I don't remember now. (laughs) That's okay. Um, Also, uh, no. iTunes? Oh, is that what you were going to say? Oh, rate, review, and subscribe us on iTunes if you would. (laughs) That would be just pleasant for us because we love this. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Thank you. And scene. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.